Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Summer is all about grilling, and no one understands grilling better than Omaha Steaks. Their grand summer grill-out package lets you stay home and eat like you're at the best steakhouse in town, all for much less. They've got bacon wrap filet mignon, pork chops, chicken, kielbasa, and more, all delivered to your door with ease. And right now, Omaha Steaks is offering an exclusive deal on this amazing package. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code LIBERAL into the search bar, and for this week only, Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet jumbo franks free with your order. Omaha Steaks delivers quality and safety with every order guaranteed. Your order will arrive flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and safely delivered to your door in a cooler with dry ice. Go to omahasteaks.com, type LIBERAL in the search bar, and order the grand summer grill out package for this week only you'll receive four jumbo franks and four omaha steaks burgers free to complete your steakhouse experience omahasteaks.com intercode liberal in the search bar hey before i begin remember jesus was a nationalist who opposed abortion immigration gay rights and socialists oh wait did i say jesus i'm sorry i meant hitler jesus didn't do any of that shit that was hitler's agenda (laughs) let's begin Welcome to the Sanity Cast, the little podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network about how to stay sane when the Christians have voted for comb over Caligula. Uh, I'm John Fugelsang. This is a podcast that reminds you sanity is the opposite of Hannity. And that uh, if we're all in this together, then we really, really, really have to understand there's no time for despair. Get out, lick your wounds, get back in. Despondency is privilege, and we need you. Depression is a disease, but negativity is a choice. And hating these guys makes us as dumb as they are. And I just want to say, uh, in the midst of the pandemic, I am so proud. I don't want to get preachy, but I'm so proud to live in a country that shares borders with two other countries that have high enough standards to not let us in. Doesn't that make you proud? Doesn't it make you proud to know that Canada and Mexico care so much about their people that they're blocking us from coming in? I just, wow, how amazing to be the neighbor of a country where the leaders care about the citizens and have national policies on dealing with a plague. I know it's it's hard to adjust. Um, hey, I want to thank everybody for all the awesome comments you made on Pandemic Mullet uh, and, of course, uh, uh, for the Quarantine Diaries. My next film, and this will all be a big special in the fall, but the, my next 20-minute uh, clip 
for the next Sexy Liberal Tour will be August 22nd. Those are on sale now. Now, if you haven't seen those yet, and maybe you're not someone who does Sexy Liberal Tours or you did one once and your trauma doctor says, please play it safe, don't don't risk yourself again, um, you can still go to sexyliberal.com at your leisure and you can download uh, the specials, number one and number two. Part one is the film that I shot on the streets of New York City doing stand-up in a quarantined, lockdown, plague town. Uh, part two is how uh, I thought that the reopening was even scarier than the lockdown and how almost getting killed by a van crashing into my bike uh, actually kind of restored my faith in things. Um, so please, please look at that. Uh, I don't mean to sound too hopeful. Uh, I'm, I'm not an optimist. I'm a recovering cynic. Uh, like I'm not exaggerating when I say perhaps the most diabolical thing Donald Trump has done has been making Bush look better. So not an optimist. I know how bad it is. But again, we can know how bad it is and not give in to negativity and despair. On this little episode, uh, a few highlights of William Barr's testimony before Congress. I'm recording this during Barr's testimony. I had to take a break from watching, uh, first to delouse myself and then to record this. Also, uh, play a little bit of the timeline game, which is something I do every night on SiriusXM. And it's a really fun way to uh, just use Google and um, search up whatever day of the month it is for any month this year to get anything you need to show that Trump's a liar. Um, and speaking of liars... Donald Trump Jr. Oh, my. I always wonder which of the two kids, Fredo or Shemp, will get thrown off of Twitter first. Twitter temporarily limited uh, Donald Jr.'s account because he was pushing false information about COVID-19. And uh, cue Trump to scream over this, over his poor victimized spawn, like an outraged parent whose child just got held accountable for poor behavior on the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory tour. Look, it's bad out there. And you've got the president and his children tweeting disinformation. They're still pushing hydroxychloroquine. The number of new daily cases, the death toll, the child infection rate in Florida are all rising. I mean, just look at Florida with the most loyal and subservient and blindly obedient fucking reek slave to Ramsey Bolton that Ron DeSantis is. The death toll's going up. The new cases are going up. And the child inf- you know how many... You know how many children who have tested positive for COVID-19 in Florida? It's over 31,000. And a huge number of children have been hospitalized. It's uh, increased 23% since the state reopened. National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien has tested positive for coronavirus. 40 million Americans are facing this horrific student loan cliff. 12 million Americans are facing eviction because the federal moratorium has come to an end and there is no long-term plan for anything in Donald Trump's administration other than keeping Donald Trump from being indicted. You got Texas in the South getting over Hurricane Hannah's landfall. The next system to get a name could happen this week, and that would be the earliest in history an I-named storm has ever happened. Oh, but don't worry. Mitch McConnell got a new stimulus plan uh, with liability protection. He literally said it has liability protection. So if your boss forces you to go to work and you get sick, you can't sue your boss. It was trending all day. I mean, if you don't know what liability protection means, in this case, it means that when you, the mega donor, hear your well-bribed congressional property say out loud what he's not supposed to say out loud. They don't care about you, folks. They don't care about you. And if you're a conservative or you're Christian or you're anti-abortion, they don't care about you. Unless you help them professionally, they don't care about you. They care about making you satisfied just enough 
that you'll get the votes. And all they got to do for that is talk about abortion. Here in New York, 105 bars and restaurants that uh, got cited for social distancing violations over the weekend. One good piece of news, uh, New York City's rate of infection has dropped to 1%. But, you know, it's a rough time. Peter Green just died, Libby de Havilland, Regis Philbin. And over, what, 35 days now, since we knew, Trump knew that Russia is paying for the murder of our troops, and still no action. He still doesn't care. I hope you got to see part of the uh, ceremonies that were honoring John Lewis, who arrived at the Capitol for the final time this week. He, he just died uh, on the 17th at age 80. And um, he will go from lying in state in our nation's capital to the Georgia State Capitol, and then he'll be buried in Atlanta. Um, it's an amazing story, John Lewis. I recommend the documentary about his life. Uh, when we were making our film for PBS, you know, I had to drive over the Edmund Pettus Bridge and learn all about it, learn all about what John Lewis had done that day. We, we shot on the Emmett Pettus Bridge for a full day. And the thing that stayed with me the most of the experience was that every time I had to reshoot and go over this bridge, um, I knew that he was, the bridge was named for a Klansman. And everyone in Alabama knows it's named for a Klansman. And every child that takes a school bus over that bridge, white or black, knows they're on a bridge that is there to honor a Klansman. So he served three decades in Congress. And uh, check out the movie Good Trouble. Uh, it'll, it'll inspire you. I really, really do mean it. And of course, Donald Trump, being Donald Trump, um, announced that he would not be attending any of the services. This is like the first funeral he actually could have been invited to. And he won't go. And it's a sign of how stupid he is. And I know why. He didn't go because he was afraid if he went, people would criticize him for it. But bro, you've been a racist for 45 years. Where was Barack Obama born? You're going to get criticized either way. If Trump had shown up there, no announcements, no speeches, just in a mask, paid his respect and walked out, he would have made so many liberals have to shut up by just being quiet and deferential and respectful. You know, quiet and deferential and respectful. Like athletes kneeling during the national anthem to protest racism. But Trump's too stupid to realize it would have helped him. So instead, he's going to be a little petty, thin-skinned bitch. President, take the bait, has not disappointed. And again, you can understand why Trump's not at his best. The new uh, CNN SSRS poll shows that Biden is leading Trump 51% to 46% in Florida. Quinnipiac had him ahead of 51 to 38%. I'm going to say that again, 51 to 38%. Trump has not led in any polls out of the state of Florida, not one since the beginning of March. And the fact that all the polls from March until now have Biden on top should be the biggest warning sign yet for Trump's reelection campaign. I mean, it's a conservative state. And the fact that Trump is down by an average of eight points shows he is down significantly on a national level. And it also shows that maybe Joe Biden's strategy of doing what Democratic centrists always do, being a centrist and piss off the liberals and make the conservatives and the independents feel really safe that you're not too liberal. Maybe it's working better for him than it worked for Al Gore or Hillary Clinton or John Kerry. But like <laughs> Biden has a clear path to 270 electoral votes without Florida. And you got to remember this. He has huge leads in polls in Michigan and Pennsylvania. A lot of the higher quality polls give him an average 10 point lead in Wisconsin. Let's say he wins all those. And I'm not saying he will. Donald Trump has so many ways to cheat and so many ways we haven't thought of yet. But if Biden gets all those states to his column, plus, plus the 232 electoral votes that uh, Secretary Clinton got, he's there 
278. He doesn't need Florida to win. So if he does win Florida, old white man's got backup options. I mean, that's 29 electoral votes. He gets that to the states Hillary Clinton won. He's got 261 right there. He would then just need nine electoral votes more. If he can win every state Hillary Clinton won plus Florida, I mean, he could add any other state that Trump won in 2016 by nine points or less. And again, history does indicate how difficult it would be for him to win the state by a large margin. The last time a Democrat won the state by more than six points was 1948. Congrats, Harry Truman. But he's doing well. I mean, we're going to talk about the polls. He's doing great. And the polls mean nothing. Um, You know what means something? Donald Trump's words and consistency. Uh, I want to quote you a tweet he wrote on Monday, the 27th of July. Uh, So disgusting to watch Twitter's so-called trending where so many trends are about me and never a good one. They look for anything they can find, make it as bad as possible and blow it up, trying to make a trend really ridiculous, illegal, and of course, very unfair. It's a terrible impression, I know. Um, This is what he's writing about. The day the 150,000th American dies from coronavirus. That Twitter having trends that are not positive to him, are illegal. That's the 27th of July. So here's what I've been doing on the SiriusXM show most nights. And I I do it on Twitter. I invite you to do it yourself. Just take whatever date of the month it is that Trump has said something offensive and go back to January. Just go back to January and see. It's a great way. You can map everything you need to know about his lies and corruption and incompetence just by taking one date of the month. So this is a game I play every day now. Uh, And the 27th, let's go back, way back in time, six months. On January 27th, you know what Trump was doing? He was praising China and Xi on how well they were handling the virus, one that he now calls the China virus. So we won't talk about how he fucked up. We'll talk about his racism. That's January 27th, praising President Xi and China for how well they're handling the virus. And by the way, uh, they did handle it well, if you consider they have a lower infection rate and death rate than us. Why? China had a national policy. Let's go to February 27th. On February 27th, no one had died yet, but there were 60 confirmed cases in America. That's the day Trump said the virus would disappear one day, like a miracle. This is when he had like 15 people on a boat. He was terrified. He said, uh, the flu kills 25,000 people to 69,000 people a year. That was shocking to me. Don't look now. It's well more than twice that. Coronavirus has killed more than twice what the flu kills in a year in four months. And he says, again, when you have 15 people and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero, that's a pretty good job we've done. That's Trump bragging five months ago. This was the same day that Alex Azar told lawmakers it was unlikely that large numbers of Americans will need to be hospitalized. And that's okay. You can be wrong about things. Fauci was wrong about things. But when you're wrong, you say this could change. And if it does change, you say right away it has. I mean, on February 27th, that was the day Donald Trump called Alex Azar not to talk about what we should do to help people about the outbreak. He called Azar on the 27th of February to complain that the director of the CDC was giving too many warnings about the outbreak and it was scaring the stock markets and he threatened to fire her. That's what Donald Trump was doing on the 27th of February. What about the 27th of March? Uh, That was the day Mike Pence said there was little or no risk to healthy people. By the 27th of March, 2,222 Americans had died. That's just what we know about. 27th of February, no deaths. 27th of March, 2,000. That was the day Trump said nobody was prepared for this. 
That was the day Alabama Governor Kay Ivey refused to issue a shelter-in-place order. She said, we are not California. The 27th of March was the day Trump said, we've had great success. It was the day Trump said, you can call it a germ, you can call it a flu, you can call it a virus. I'm not sure anybody even knows what it is. March 27th was the day Trump blamed Obama. He blamed Obama for not having tests. The fact is, Obama could not have made a test by 2017 for a virus that began in 2019. The other fact is that 30 members of Trump's transition team were personally briefed by Obama officials on this exact scenario. And as you know by now, Trump was handed a detailed 69-page pandemic playbook, which he ignored like he ignores the New Testament and any parts of the Constitution that aren't about guns. The 27th of March is when he said, all I want governors to do, I want them to be appreciative. We've done a great job. When 2,000 were dead, he was demanding compliments. So April, three months ago, April 27th, what happened on that day? Well, we'd gone from 2,000 deaths in one month to 55,000 deaths. And on April 27th, Trump stated that America was probably heading towards 60,000 or 70,000 deaths. On May 27th, we hit 100,000 reported COVID-19 deaths. That was the day Trump said that he had the power, if he wanted to, to force governors to reopen churches that were closed due to stay-at-home orders. Spoiler alert, the president does not have the authority to order states to reopen churches. That power is with the governor. So then let's go back one month. Okay, on May 27th, 100,000 deaths. June 27th, at least 125,434 people had died. And Trump went golfing. So on July 27th, he said, so disgusting to watch Twitter's so-called trending, where so many trends are about me and never a good one, really ridiculous, illegal, and of course, very unfair. He tweeted that the day the 150,000th American died. He made no mention of the dead. You know what I hate? When your social media pops up with a summer vacation pic from like five years ago, and it's great memories, but you're like, ugh, when did the wrinkles and the bags around the eyes show up? Delete, delete. Well, not this summer. Let's say no more pop-up pics with deep wrinkles, fine lines, and bags under the eyes. And I'm not talking about surgery. I'm talking about Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags all in the comfort of your home in minutes. Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours, so nobody will know your secret. I tried it, and I look like me, just younger, healthier, and better rested. The results will blow you away. Get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer in the mirror, and in photos. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use the code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. Or try a $14.95 trial pack today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention VOICES. Again, visit TryPlexiderm.com and use code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or try a $14.95 trial pack when you use code VOICES. We all know that the Clean Phone Pro with its powerful UV lights kills bacteria and viruses that live on your cell phone, car and house keys, credit cards, earbuds, face masks, and more. But what happens when you're driving to the store, you reach for your face mask, and realize you wore it yesterday? <gasps> now you can sanitize that mask in under five minutes in your car because the Clean Phone Pro now ships with a powerful car plug adapter included in the package. So whether you're keeping safe at home or have to go out, you can have the benefits of the Clean Phone Pro with you and sanitize those constantly touched items anywhere, at home, in the car, or at the office. Get the Clean Phone Pro now with a car plug adapter. 
Add the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout, and you'll get free two-day shipping. Only you can defend yourself and your family from bacteria and virus. Get the new Clean Phone Pro package. Get KN95 masks and get free two-day shipping by adding the code SEXYLIBERAL. Go to the newdealshop.com. Hey guys, uh, I don't know if you watch the William Barr hearings, but we're recording this while they're on the air. So this is an incomplete list, but I just want to give you, I just want to give you my top 10 moments from the Bill Barr hearings, because some of you have lives, some of you have jobs, some of you have nervous systems you wish to protect. Uh, Number 10, I wish we had a countdown clock. Um, Barr was defending his intervention for Roger Stone. He said, do you think it's fair for a 67-year-old man to be sent to prison for seven to nine years? Whoa! Oh, uh, they should have asked at what age should guilty criminals stop being sent to prison for their crimes? Think about his defense of Trump when he says that. Even if Trump was proven to have committed serious crimes, Barr doesn't think it would be fair to send a man of Trump's age to prison. This is a valuable lesson from Bill Barr, kids. If you want to commit multiple crimes, even threatening the life of one of your witnesses, wait until you're 67. Also, you'd be white and friends with a corrupt president. Number nine, Ted Lieu who's a regular on our show this summer on SiriusXM, asked an amazing line of crucial questions about how there was no probable cause for arresting peaceful protesters in Portland, stating that these arrests were unconstitutional. He cited the Fourth Amendment, and he says you can't arrest people who aren't engaged in violence. Thank you, Ted. And he did it remotely. Number eight. Oh, Jim Jordan. Look, I know that intelligence is not a thing that Jim Jordan wrestles with, But uh, he tried to tell a lie that St. John's Church was about to be burned down in D.C., and that's why they dispersed the peaceful protesters, not so Trump could have a photo op. Like Barr tried to do that. Barr wouldn't play along. You can tell sometimes. Barr knows he's lying. But there's times when Barr feels like, I don't need to tell this lie. Barr has some awareness of how bad this is all going to look for him. So when when Jim Jordan did it, and you got to watch the playback, uh, Barr didn't call out the lie. He just wouldn't confirm it. He dodged it. So Jim Jordan asked him, Barr dodged, and Jim, being dim, asked him again, not realizing that Barr was dodging a question. It was a lie. And so Barr just replied, yep. He said, so, so uh, you know, were, were they there? Was that, that so, you know, the, 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 did you hear that, uh, you know, was it a danger that the president uh, had to, have this tear gas deployed against these peaceful protesters? Barr just was like, yep. He didn't even answer it. He just acknowledged hearing the question and they moved on. Also, number seven, Barr admitted, while acting bored and irritated, he has no idea who Elijah McClain is. Number six, Antifa, Antifa, Antifa. Can I tell you something? Uh, Next time you're talking with the racist in your life and they're talking about Antifa and all the epidemic Antifa violence, ask them something. Um, All these burning buildings and all these innocents being slaughtered all over the country, why can't the cops catch a single one of them? You know, since uh, the last 25 years, there's a database of all the 900 politically motivated attacks and plots in the U.S. And in the last 25 years, zero Americans have been killed by members of Antifa. 329 Americans have been killed by right-wing white nationalists and racists. You understand what this is about, right? Antifa is like George Soros. Antifa is like uh, 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 anything that the Republicans think Democrats stand for that you only hear about from Republicans. William Ayers, right? I mean, all of this stuff. I learned all of this from Republicans who tell me that this is what I believe in. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I, I want to say I'm shocked, but they keep finding out more and more of these so-called Antifa guys whenever they finally catch them, if they ever do catch them, conveniently they don't, uh, are Trump supporters. Remember Umbrella Man in Minnesota, in Minneapolis? The Umbrella Man, police determined, was a white supremacist Trump supporter trying to incite racial violence. Because how else is Trump going to get reelected? So a lot of Antifa. Number five, uh, Jim Jordan again. I'm sorry, calling him a bottom feeder is an insult to carp. Number four, uh, is me waiting for one Republican to ask William Barr one question that addresses racism and or police brutality. Didn't happen. He couldn't do it. Uh, number three, here's one of my favorites. Um, they asked Barr if it was ever appropriate for a president to seek or accept foreign assistance in an election. And he said, it depends on the kind of assistance. They then asked him the identical question. And finally he said, no. Number two, Pramila Jayapal the great congresswoman of Seattle who joined us on stage when the sexy liberal tour played Ben Roy Hall. Uh, She was amazing. Watch her testimony. Oh my God. She was not letting any of these motherfuckers get in her way. She even admitted that she was getting upset, but she got to the fact that Bill Barr says he's unaware of these armed right-wing protesters that were storming government buildings and threatening to lynch the governor of Michigan. And Barr just kept arguing with her. He said he wasn't even aware of these protests that everyone is aware of. They didn't need to have any dispersants for those, did they? Just for the black folks and their peaceful allies outside of church. Um, And then maybe my favorite moment, Val Demings, who would make a fine vice president. She said that she sees this alarming pattern that uh, he keeps removing these U.S. attorneys who investigate the president and those close to him. And she said, when you said Jeffrey Berman was stepping down, had he told you he was stepping down? And Barr said, no. These are amazing times we live in, folks. Just remember, the catchphrase for the week, this is my time, and I control it. And by the way, little fact, um, I wasn't lying to you here. I just want to share this. Uh, Over the past 25 years, anti-fascists have been linked to zero murders in America. Uh, White supremacist right-wing guys, 329 deaths. So when Trump says left-wing violence, it's a lie. That's not even a credible threat, according to the Center for Strategic and International Studies. These left-wing attacks are usually used to describe localized pushback against authorities, like in Portland, including anarchists or environmental groups or others, uh, all of which have resulted in zero deaths. In one instance where there was a fatality, the person who died was the perpetrator. Uh, and the person um, that, uh, that uh, the, guy, the guy who sh- uh, shot Steve Scalise, the Crystal Griner, took down, the black married lesbian DC cop, um, you might say that was left-wing violence, but it was a left-winger who saved the day, right? Black, lesbian, married, female cop. According to the Center for Strategic and International Studies, quote, the most significant domestic terrorism threat comes from white supremacists, anti-government militias, and a handful of individuals associated with the Boogaloo movement that are attempting to create a civil war in the U.S. And this is the same with those riots in downtown Richmond over the weekend. Those were instigated by white supremacists pretending to be part of Black Lives Matter. That information comes from the cops. So let's close it on a scary note. And I thank you for being here. Um, A pet cat in England has testified positive for COVID-19. This is the first confirmed case in an animal in the UK and one of the very few cases of an animal worldwide. Uh, the UK's chief veterinary officer, does America have one of those? America should need a chief veterinary officer. Said it was a very rare event. There's no evidence to suggest that pets transmit the virus to humans. The cat 
in England is thought to have contracted the virus from its owners who had tested positive and have since made a full recovery. And by the way, the cat has too. Uh, the investigation suggests the infection was spread from humans to the cat, not the other way around. We have nothing like that here in America, but we do have tigers with coronavirus. I think that makes us more butch. Um, finally, one last thing, friends. Uh, when you have anyone coming at you still saying that Obama wasn't born here, it's just the shorthand. I'm going to keep on saying it. Don't argue with racists. Don't argue with anybody who's saying that Donald Trump's not a racist. Ask them the one question shortcut. Where was Barack Obama born? And when they say they don't know, he claims he's born here. No one knows for sure. His brother agrees. It was, he was born in Kenya. They're all lying. They're racist. Even if they don't know they're racist, even if they have no hope in their, and hatred in their hearts, they're racist. They value Trump's lies and racism over truth. Just remember them. Remind them the magic number, 91616. That's the day Trump admitted Barack Obama was born here. And most of them don't know it because they watch Fox and Fox didn't show Trump admitting he was wrong. 9-16-9-16. September 16th, 2016. It's all you got to remember to prove that technically they're calling their grand venereal wizard a liar. I'm John saying, and we have recorded this live at uh, Leap Year Studios here in Manhattan, no longer the epicenter of the outbreak. Thank you to Chris Lavoy. Uh, thank you to everybody at the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Thank you to Jennifer Hagerty. And uh, please go to my website. Please, if you like the podcast, subscribe and review. We love all of that. The online store will be up again very soon. And uh, listen to SiriusXM every night, 9 p.m. to uh, midnight Eastern, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific. Wow, the great callers we're getting, the great guests we're getting. We have John Ossoff tonight and Riza from Wu-Tang Clan later in the week. Huh? Come on. Not too shabby. I'm John Fugel saying thank you once again. And remember, uh, Trump isn't the Antichrist, but Christ is the Anti-Trump. <laughs>